This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, we are hitting a pause on our outdoor adventures, trading in our stocking caps for Santa hats, and celebrating (laughs) the traditions that many of us hold close this holiday time of year. That's right, Jim. The holiday season is upon us. And personally, I've officially kind of settled into my winter routine, Mm -hmm. spending more time indoors, getting a few rainy day hikes Mm -hmm. in as well. You know, mostly focusing on rest, relaxation, and a whole bunch of planning for the year ahead. Already making reservations for next September. As you do. Um, you know, and while this time of year isn't exactly like my favorite for travel and outdoor recreation, because, you know, it's dark and gray and rainy pretty much consistently, I, I really do love the excitement of the holidays and some of those traditions that come with them. Yeah, Jamie, I do too. As you know, I I get excited about the snowfall, maybe a little bit more than you do. Okay, a lot more than you do. (laughs) But aside from that, or maybe intertwined with that is kind of the holiday traditions this time of year that we all, at least many of us, look forward to and hold really dearly. For me, it's less one specific thing, you know, less the, uh, you know, we go cut down a tree and bring it back to the house and decorate it. Or uh, I get together with these friends and do this activity more just kind of the the spirit leading up to the holidays and uh, the practice of my family always getting together around that Christmas time. Um, That's kind of the the one non-negotiable for the Ryan family, right? It's like, you you don't need to make it home for, you know, dad's birthday. You don't need to, you know, make sure that we're all together for the 4th of July doing some fireworks or whatnot. It's uh, make it home end of December, hopefully spend some time together. And and this year, actually, Jamie, we are not going home and we're going on a trip together. So which I think oh. is another another kind of valuable nice. uh, family practice. So anyhow, uh, I don't have one specific thing other than a time spent with family. How about you? Well, I don't know that we've ever even talked about this. At, at I don't think much. we have. Well, I, I you know, I again, I don't think I have necessarily a specific thing either. But, you know, it's interesting to me this time of year, we're hitting the darkest days of, of the year. Mm-hmm. And you see people naturally kind of gravitate together, um, whether that's at, uh, say, a light show on the coast or in Portland 
or, you know, whether that's, you know, getting together as a family, getting a cabin in Sun River, um, you know, or if that's, hey, getting, you know, getting together and taking a hike through the woods and the mud. Some people might like to do that. I think that'd be great. Myself, my family does not do that so much. <laughs> um, you know, we're taking a ski trip up to Mount Hood. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, I think, I think we're kind of naturally drawn to get together with family, with loved ones here in this kind of these dark, cold days of the year. And I'm always just so fascinated by this variety of things people do together, the, the ways in which we're drawn together. And so that's kind of what we're focusing on today, the different ways that people are drawn together. What are these different holiday traditions that people have? So what we have done for this episode is talk to our colleagues um, yeah. and ask them to submit some audio files uh, to us sharing what their traditions are. So we're going to be playing some of those, right, Jim? And, yeah. and, uh, listening to just what, what some folks, uh, what some of their traditions are, because as you and I have described, we don't have necessarily any specifics of our own. You know, some of our colleagues, uh, have, have children or their, their folks live nearby. My folks live in Michigan. I've got a brother in Denver and another brother back in Michigan. And, you know, we're, we're spread out and we get together in a different way than someone does. If, you know, your, your folks live in Wilsonville, your brother's in Vancouver, um, you know, your, your sister, um, lives in Clackamas County, you, you name it. Uh, traditions are different across. Uh, geography and just family to family. So we're going to go through and play some of those clips. And uh, Jamie, we are going to start with Carly Imus, one of our colleagues here at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. This is Carly Imus. I'm the director of audience development at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. I grew up in Oregon, and I think one of the highlights for me as a kid was going to a Christmas tree farm and cutting down a tree. That was something my family always did. I loved being out there, whether it was cold and rainy or maybe a nice sunny day. And I've continued that tradition with my own kids. We always seem to end up at a different Christmas tree farm, but that's kind of fun. We get to see a lot of different parts of the area. But I think that probably the highlight of the Christmas season for me is going to see lights, whether that's just driving around neighborhoods or going to some of the organized events like zoo lights or at PIR. But I think that the one that is the most fun for me is um, the Christmas ships down on the Willamette or the Columbia, because it's just such a unique Portland experience. And that's something that I look forward to every year. Jamie, the, the Christmas ships, I, I hold those particularly uh -huh. dear uh, because I worked uh, kind of late into the night or until yeah, 10 or 11 o'clock at night for a time uh, at the Oregonian. And I would really enjoy, you know, kind of brightening up the evening with seeing those Christmas ships out on the Willamette where, you know, kind of situated just south and west of the Hawthorne Bridge. And you could see them right out there from my desk. And, and I, I used to love that. It is a sure sign of the holidays here in the Northwest. Yeah, I, the Christmas tree farm is another one, too. I remember seeing on social media pictures that Carly posted from her family at the Christmas yeah. tree farm this year. And, you know, seeing their, their toddler and their kids, uh, the whole family out there together, um, big smiles and being out there getting that tree. You can just tell that's just a, a nice, uh, cherished tradition. I love that. Um, absolutely. So, uh, and I, I will say extremely cute photos, uh, the toddler <laughs> yeah. just loving it so much fun, uh, have been reveling in, in, in Carly's posts there. And next up we have Jayathi Ramakrishnan. This is Jayathi Ramakrishnan. I'm the transportation and housing reporter. 
And the only holiday tradition I have is watching The Sound of Music when it comes on TV. I've been watching that film every year since I was seven or eight, and it remains my all-time favorite. I know all the songs by heart, and I always sing along to all of them, except Edelweiss, which always makes me cry. I don't really do anything else for the holidays, but this is one tradition I look forward to keeping up as long as I can. Oh, that's really nice. Sound of Music. You know, I just watched that for the first time a couple years ago. Uh, never seen it. Just, a, I think, a, a great classic movie. And it's nice to have one of those classic movies to, you know, watch while you're cuddling up on the couch, warm beverage in hand. That's a really cool, really cool tradition. I love that. And I love the um, returning to the same thing year over year. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's like I, I bet a lot of folks with young children, they're watching like Elf, right? The Will Ferrell movie yep. every year. And the parents yep. are both like stoked about it. Uh, you know, they know their kids love it. There's an anticipation, but also like, my goodness, can't we watch something else? But then, <laughs> you know, years in the future, uh, you you look back and you're like, you know, remember uh full grown adult child when we used to watch Elf every year straight for 13 years until mm-hmm. you finally got, you know, finally got bored of it. You know, clearly Sound of Music, uh, good enough to keep Jayathy entertained uh, for all 29 of her years, it uh, sounds like. So uh, I know this only because uh, she says how wise she is at 29 years old, looking down on me at 28. Uh, so anyhow. <laughs> Uh, very good. Well, that was a lovely, uh, loved, lovely tradition. And thank you to Jayathi for sharing. Next up, we have our podcast editor, Andrew Thien. Hey, this is Andrew Thien. I'm the podcast editor at the Oregonian and Oregon live. When I think of getting in the holiday spirit, I think of going out in the woods, cutting down a Christmas tree. I think of going to snow parks around the state. For me growing up, it was Hyatt Lake Recreation Area or Howard Prairie down in the uh, Southern Oregon area in Jackson County. And I think of really bad music like Mannheim Steamroller, which I would normally not listen to under any circumstances, but I can't get enough. For me, the holiday spirit is about nostalgia and sharing special times with family and friends. Yes, the Christmas music. Mm -hmm. I love it. Everyone's got their own, like, you know, bad or good Christmas yep. music they enjoy. I know my family has a particular album of Pacific Northwest garage rock from the 1960s. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> Christmas songs uh, that is super obscure. But for some reason, like, we listen to it every single year and I love it. That is so funny, Jamie. That is not where I was expecting you to go. I was expecting like maybe like we've got the Kenny G Christmas album. Or, oh, not in my house. Know. No, no, that was never. You wouldn't hear any Kenny G in my house growing up. That is so funny. So <laughs> we're talking like garage rock, like some underground Pacific Northwest rockers. That's yeah. what you guys are like putting on like for Christmas breakfast right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Sonics, the Whalers, the Galaxies do Christmas. That was, I think, the, the record. That's fantastic yeah. <laughs> go uh, check it out <laughs> that is just some tried and true northwesterner behavior right there i love it um i i won't admit to being that uh that cool jamie uh the hails clearly do it right oh yeah 100 percent. uh let's see here theme uh that was uh lovely i i i do feel though my i mean my christmas is somehow based around nostalgia my holiday season where uh you know, it's a time for family to come together and, oh, remember that time, you know, 
it snowed three feet on Christmas Eve and, you know, we went out and did this and this, or remember the time all your friends came up and we had that specific memory. There's a lot of looking back. And then also, at least for us looking forward to, all right, when are we going to get together next? What are we going to plan for the year ahead? Um, Jamie, I know you're doing that all winter long, basically, but uh, it seems to come to a head to me around Christmas time. All of that said, let's keep it rolling here. We have Kata Gaitan is next. Hi, this is Catalina Gaitan, and I'm a reporter at The Oregonian. Every Christmas Eve of my entire life, my family has gone to midnight Catholic mass at our neighborhood church in Northeast Portland. The mass starts at midnight, so you're already kind of loopy from being sleepy and having eaten a big dinner, and there's incense everywhere. But there's something really magical about the choir singing these sort of ethereal renditions of Christmas carols and the twinkling lights and candles and knowing we're all gathered there while other people are asleep. I'm not religious at all, but I do always look forward to this mass every year when I get to be with my three older sisters and my parents and this little Catholic community I grew up in. It's one of my favorite moments of the whole year. Oh, that's so special. Those moments like that with the, like she explained with the the songs and the community gathered together there, you know, in a church, that's just a a really, really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Something, you know, growing up in the Episcopal church, we used to do this midnight mass sometimes and Christmas Eve, that was just such a, such a nice time. Um, You know, I remember silent night used to always just get me every time, (laughs) every time. Yeah. We growing up would go to midnight mass on occasion as well, you know, Christmas Eve going into Christmas. And as a kid, you maybe don't always appreciate that kind of thing. Uh, I think speaking for a lot of kids, you're like, Oh man, I really just, I'd prefer to go to bed right now. Uh, Santa's coming in the morning, you know, if that's something you observe (laughs) and, uh, and, or believe in, but Katza's right. Uh, that's a very special feeling and especially special when you share that with your family. I mean, Katja said, you know, three older sisters, parents, that's something to look forward to and something to cherish and really, really love that. Jamie, I think uh, we've got a a few more traditions to share and, and go through and learn about. But first, why don't we take a short break? All right, folks, we are back kind of entertaining the holiday spirit here by, uh, you know, going through and listening to clips from our gracious colleagues here who recorded themselves talking about what they do during the holiday season. And next up, we have our newsletters editor, Amy Wong. Hi, this is Amy Wong, the newsletters and special projects editor at the Oregonian Oregon Live. Since our kids were tiny tots, they're now in high school. We have been getting our tree every year from a tree farm in the hills of western Washington County. It takes about a half hour to drive there, which is part of the experience. We put on the Christmas music station and listen to holiday music on our way there. When we get there, we drive around to where the nobles are. Those are our favorites. and We pick out our tree and cut it down. As the kids have grown older, they've done more and more of the actual cutting down of the tree. Then, when we're done with the tree, our reward is to go see Santa, the reindeer if they're around, pick up a wreath, get a hot chocolate, 
and then listen to carols all the way home. Jim, this is what I'm talking about. This is like mm-hmm. a great classic tradition where they know mm-hmm. where they're going. They know what they're doing. They mm-hmm. got the music, the cocoa. Mm-hmm. They're getting wreaths. I mean, this is like when you think about people who have their holiday traditions down, <laughs> it seems like Amy Wong and her family have it down. And I love that. Absolutely so. And I, I love too how, you know, Amy speaks to how the tradition like slightly changes over time as mm-hmm. her kids grow up. You know, they take more of a uh, role in actually cutting down the tree. Uh, I, I feel like at least when my brothers and I were the littlest, you know, the parents are giving us the most basic task of, of, all right, you're putting ornaments on the tree. And realistically, it was probably a, a, a super mess. And we, they probably went through and reorganized the tree and made it look pretty afterward. But it, yeah, we had always an artificial tree because, uh, in part because one of my brothers is, when he was very little, was allergic to essentially everything under the sun. And uh, a real tree in the house would have not gone over well. But uh, it was like piece by piece, all of the individual branches of the tree had to be assembled. So it'd be like, all right, we're looking for green K stripes. And you'd put all the green <laughs> K stripes in a pile. And uh, okay, we're, we're looking for G blue solids and all the G blue <laughs> solids go in a pile. And this would, it, they'd be stored in like, these big uh you know storage containers up in the rafters and or you know out, out in the pole barn and it would be it's just a situation of, all right it's time to sort the darn tree and as we grew up <laughs> you know we would take more and more of an active role in doing that actually being helpful like for anyone who's had an artificial tree like fluffing the branches to make them look fuller that was always uh, a big time operation in the ryan family household perhaps not as romantic as you know, going out and cutting down the tree um, or going to a tree farm or what have you, but pretty big amount of nostalgia nonetheless for that for me. I think in both both situations here, this is a, a you know, a matter of these traditions being handed down to the next generation. Yeah. And I think that's what's so cool once you have, you know, kids and you're able to give them these traditions, you know, um, and hopefully they will continue those traditions or change them or build their own traditions. Mm-hmm. There's something about that handing down mm-hmm. the next generation that I think is also a really big part of this experience. Yeah, I agree. I, I will say though, Jamie, uh, when it is time for me to purchase a, a large holiday tree of my own, if I ever get an artificial one, uh, I will be getting one where you don't sort branch by branch. G blue <laughs> solids. Uh, <laughs> it's a laborious process. One of love, of course, and and part of the holiday spirit. But uh, you know, we we helped my my brother and I helped my aunt assemble uh, some holiday trees, artificial ones. And there were some real nice, like take a whole section of tree, drop it on the mm-hmm. other section, all the pre-lit lights, they go on right then. If you can hear me snap my fingers just like that. And, uh, I, I will say that is a clear upgrade in this situation. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. hundred percent. Sure. Uh, thank you so much, Amy. Uh, moving on to Beth Nakamura, one of our photojournalists. Last year, I did something so fun that I immediately thought, I'm going to do this every year. This is going to be like a new tradition. And it is to make a live Yule logs and uh, give them to friends. And uh, that sounds super corny, and it is corny. But, you know, if you receive one, you will think differently because it's actually really beautiful. And it started when 
Uh, we took the kids, as we always do, to a Christmas tree farm, we cut down a tree. We saw these beautiful yew logs. And I thought, oh, I'll get that's a nice gift for friends. And, uh, everyone immediately, uh, just made fun of me. Like, why would you buy those? You can, you can make those, uh, mom, uh, don't be ridiculous. And so I took it as sort of a challenge, like, okay, uh, I'm going to make those. And, um, so I did, uh, you know, it looks a little weird. I've got a saw and I'm going into, you know, woodsy areas of Portland, but, Anyway, then, you know, when I go on walks and I'd kind of scope out where's like beautiful live greenery that I could find, you know, so now I have marked down in my notes app where the variegated holly tree is and all the various little things that I put on these live yule logs. Uh, and so that's it. Happy holidays. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> Particularly lovely. Everything about that is fantastic. The live yule logs, that's a great mm-hmm. gift. Uh, like Beth said, I, I specifically enjoy though the making of new traditions, Jamie. Uh, yes, you don't have to be entrenched in the same exact thing every year, though. Of course, that's fantastic, as we've said. But the ability to kind of pivot and say, "Hey, actually, that was really fun. Let's keep going back to that." What's great about what Beth is doing there is that she is, you know, actively doing something that is intentional. It's not just like buying a gift for someone saying, "Hey, I found this in the shelf at a store." It's actively putting something together and going out and looking for those places where she can find what she needs. And that's, I think that that's the kind of the most beautiful kind of gift where you're actually, you know, actually thinking about people and, you know, actively working on something to give them. Agreed. Uh, that's a great gift to receive. And uh, I'm sure Beth gets a lot out of going and kind of foraging for those materials mm-hmm. and, and having the whole process too. That is a great way to observe the holidays and a great way to give back. So uh, next up on our list, reporter Lizzie Acker. Yeah, we have stockings on Christmas. And what are you drinking right now, Nona? Apple cider. Is it warm? I don't want to see. I'm recording it. What are your favorite holiday traditions, Nona? Um, Apple cider. Yeah, you like drinking apple cider? Do you like stockings? I do. Do you have your own stocking? Um, it's somewhere. Yeah. Do you remember who made it? Yes. Who made it for you? Mama made it. You made it! <laughs> I'm looking for it. Do you like wearing matching pajamas? I do! Does mommy make you wear matching pajamas with you and daddy? <laughs> yeah. And I say I'm shrinky. You say I'm drinking apple cider? Who made the apple cider for you? Dada! <laughs> it is the best thing I made you ever. Oh, oh that's really nice. This is Lizzie Acker, a trending reporter with the Oregonian Oregon Live. <laughs> that is so cute. Oh my god. Does it does it get more heartwarming than that? I don't think it does. Oh man. That's so good. Nona is a, just absolutely adorable. Uh, you know, I know all, all children are adorable, of course, and everyone's child is the best. But, uh, as someone without a child, I can say that Nona is the best personally. You're, you're just placing all your chips in the Nona camp right now. You're, oh, you're absolutely. saying Nona is the best child. She's the, <laughs> the, the, the best, the cutest child right here, right now. Man, um, you, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> that is that is fantastic. I, I love everything about that. I don't even know where to start. Uh, from the stockings to the cider, to the cider being the best thing. Uh, you, you know, 
holiday traditions just through the roof too good uh right there jamie let's not overlook uh the matching pajamas oh yes that's did did you ever get uh get the the special christmas jammies jamie i don't think so i don't think we we didn't really do that as much in my family yeah Uh, i I feel like there might have been a little bit of color coordination but i don't remember christmas stuff specifically there yeah yeah well uh there's always, uh, always next year, Jamie. There's always this That's year. True. We're recording this. It's always this uh, year. You know, well before, uh, well before you really need your holiday jammies. So just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> One that neither of us will, uh, of course, actually, uh, make happen, but some say it's the thought that counts. Uh, transitioning quickly away from that, however, uh, moving on to Savannah Edens. In my early childhood, I spent several Christmas days in a dingy motel in my hometown where my dad would stay for his twice-a-year visitation rights. My sister and I would count down the hours until his arrival, often making bets on the exact minute we'd get a call from the motel. This was before everyone had cell phones, of course. I'd practice and daydream about the moment I would dramatically run into my dad's arms. We idolized him back then. He would spin some harrowing tale about how he drove the nine hours from Kentucky to Iowa in a blizzard. He always brought a huge black trash bag full of unwrapped gifts for my sister and I, which seems pretty on-brand for my then-single and divorced father's attempts to buy our love. If there were less presents than the year before, he'd lament to us about how the child support payments made him tight for money. There was a little mini golf course in the middle of the motel where we'd play in our bathing suits after swimming in the questionably green motel pool. Our dad would let us run wild through the hallways of the motel as he relaxed in the hot tub for hours. We'd beg him for quarters for the vending machine snacks until he conceded, which he always did. And then we'd have dinner at Panda Garden, the local Chinese buffet, and the only restaurant in town open on Christmas Day. And we'd see whatever movie was playing Christmas night at the local theater, and Dad would buy my favorite candy at the time, Twizzlers. My poor mother. Without fail, every year, after just a few days with Dad, we were dropped off back at her house, and either my sister or I, or both of us, were coming down with an ear infection or strep throat. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Was not expecting the ear infection or strep throat. Uh turned there jamie for the holiday tradition but uh in all seriousness uh holidays take on a different flavor for everyone and Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like savannah holds those memories really close yeah you know it's really easy i think to get swept up in some of the um brighter cheerier more traditional um holiday memories um, it's also important to remember that like, yeah, like you said, Jim, these come in all different flavors and, you know, families take on, um, different makeups and different, um, you know, holidays look different for different people. And that doesn't mean that these memories are, you know, uh, any less cherished, um, you know, or any different. I, I love that, you know, all these little details about the movie and mm-hmm. the Twizzlers and, you know, <laughs> the image of like her dad in the hot tub and then begging him for quarters. And he always relents, you know, I, yeah. it's those little things like that that you remember as a kid. Right. Um, and I think that's just really beautiful that she, she mm-hmm. still has those memories. Mm-hmm. And I will say the movie and Chinese food buffet, uh, is probably a holiday tradition for more of us, uh, than we would think, uh, if I, if I had to guess. So, oh yeah. Uh, lots of folks love that. 
uh, in you know the restaurant that might be open. And uh, let's be be honest, uh, that's a mighty good time. I thought of going to see a movie Thanksgiving weekend because uh, why not? That seems festive and relaxing mm-hmm. to a degree. All right. Next up, we have Edder Camposano, our education reporter. This is Edder Camposano. I'm the education reporter for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. My family came to the U.S. from Mexico when I was two, and we brought quite a few holiday traditions along with us. But my favorite has to be the punch my mom makes for Christmas and New Year's now. I'm willing to wager that you weren't ready to get a recipe. Um, so why don't you go ahead and hit that 15 second rewind button and give yourself some time to get your notes app open or a pen and paper. So it's a concoction made with apples, pears, oranges, hibiscus flour, and this small yellow fruit called decojotes. Um, basically you boil water in a large stock pot and add sugar cane, cinnamon, and tamarind. Stew that all for about 15 minutes before you pour the rest of the ingredients plus a 46-ounce can of pineapple juice in there as well. Um, some of these ingredients will probably have to go to a Mexican mini market for. Um, but hey, why don't you support local businesses this uh, holiday season and make yourself a delicious treat courtesy of the Campusano family. Happy holidays. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, man. I got to make some of that this season. That sounds fantastic. And uh, I specifically love the sharing of the recipe specifically. He's, yes. he's like, hey, this is so good. We need to share with everyone who's listening to the Peak Northwest podcast. So uh, it also kind of jogs my memory, Jamie, of like how many of our traditions and our cherished memories revolve around like a, one specific, very like sensory input, whether that's a, a mm-hmm. meal we make, the type of candles that someone burns or incense that someone burns, like, you know, Kata mentioned going to church and, and smelling that incense, uh, just tied so strongly to our memory of these moments. That's a really good point, Jim. And, you know, I can just sort of smell, uh, Edder's mom's, uh, mm-hmm. punch cooking mm-hmm. on the stove. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, it is uh, uh, going into lunchtime right about now for us here, and uh, I could go for a glass of that punch along with. Uh, but perhaps, like Edder said, time to go support small businesses, go buy those ingredients, and give it a shot ourselves. Last but certainly not least here, we have business reporter and breaking news editor Jamie Goldberg. Hi, this is Jamie Goldberg. I'm a business reporter and breaking news editor at The Argonian. When I think of the holiday spirit, I think of Christmas Eve. My mother's family is from Nicaragua, and Christmas Eve is a really significant day for her family. When I was a kid, all my cousins and aunts and uncles would gather at my grandmother's house for a big Christmas Eve dinner, and we'd stay up until midnight to open presents. Our tradition has evolved and changed over the years, but being with my family on Christmas Eve is still my favorite part of the holiday season. Jamie, I, I really, I connect with that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, the Ryan side of the family, we would gather to observe Christmas Eve as a group. And it would be initially at my grandma and grandpa's house, which was uh, right next door uh, to mine. So it'd be kind of like the, all right, we're either, you know, driving one door over or walking over through the snow. And then as, as the years passed, uh, going down to my aunt's house uh downstate Michigan, Detroit metro area uh, to celebrate Christmas Eve. And 
I don't always make it home for that now, but that is one of the main traditions that my family has is making sure we get together on Christmas Eve with with my dad's side of the family. It's a, a special, special occasion for sure. Yeah, Jimmy, and we talked about getting together with people, with those who you care about, whether that's your family or that's friends mm-hmm. or your community. Uh, that seems to be a theme throughout all uh, holiday traditions, no matter um, if it's a religious tradition or a community or cultural tradition. It, it seems like that togetherness is really what it's all about. And, you know, Jim, we talked at the beginning of this episode, and I, I said, boy, I don't really feel like I have any traditions. I'm, I'm struggling to think yeah. of any, but as we've been listening, I've been thinking of so many coming off the bat. You know, yeah. All going back through my, you know, childhood, even if they're not traditions that I do every year, but memories, I think, that are attached to the holidays, whether it's, you know, um, going down to Schmidt Farm on uh, Oregon 18 to get hazelnuts to roast to give his gifts, um, something like this year, or being a kid and going over to my friend's houses where they were doing Hanukkah. And having latkes with them and, you know, um, watching them open their gifts um, or spending winter solstice in a yurt on the Oregon coast, which I did for a few years. Um, you know, there's all these different ways to celebrate. And as I'm, you know, just reflecting on it now, I'm seeing, wow, there's been so many different people in my life who have celebrated mm-hmm. in all these different ways. And I just feel so honored to have been a part of those celebrations and to be able to create my own and to share those with people now who are you know, loved ones in my life now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think the through line for me personally is just family. It's spending time with those loved ones. It's mm-hmm. uh, kind of the magnetism of wanting to be together for this time of year. And that's the most special. If we look at, you know, what all of our colleagues and friends here at the Oregonian Oregon Live have shared, it you know, essentially comes back to spending time with those loved ones. So, As the holiday season approaches, folks, we uh, hope you are able to spend that time with your loved ones, your family, your friends, your community, and uh, really revel in this this time of year, no matter what holidays, if any holidays, you observe. And until next time here on the show, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale, Andrew Thien, and Teresa Mahoney. Stay safe and happy travels and happy holidays, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 Seconds of Zen.